to be a yogi. I'm Edward Reeb, an aspiring yogi, making a podcast on behalf of all aspiring yogis. Tonight, we'll be interviewing Arielle Miller-Cohen, the girl with purple hair. She teaches at One Down Dog in Silver Lake, and she and I will both be presenting up at Bava's Fest this year. And so, without further ado, let's get to the interview, shall we? Welcome to the To Be a Yogi podcast. Thank you. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your name? Absolutely. So um, my name is Ariel Miller. My my new last name is actually Cohen. I just got married in June, so mm-hmm. still getting used to trying on my new name. Nice. The um, high priests. Yes, yes, which was made my family very, very happy, of course. Mm. From uh, a Miller to a high priest. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. So um, my first name, Ariel, um, my parents actually named me after a song back in the 80s about a, like, Jewish girl by like a waterfall and uh here I am and it just I am a Jewish girl I wasn't like <laughs> conceived by a waterfall or born by a waterfall but it was like this like super awesome like folky kind of song back in like the 70s I've got back. this like like little mermaid in Leviticus thing happening in my mind right now it's well I do have purple hair so I'm kind of like a Disney character oh right right you're the purple-haired yogi, right? That's me, the That's girl a with thing. purple hair. So you've committed to this hair color. Oh, it's not just a hair color. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Are you a fan of Gogol Bordello? <laughs> I don't know Start- who that is. Oh, they, they have a song, Start Wearing Purple. Start wearing purple, wearing purple. Start wearing purple for me now. All your sanity... And which they will all vanish, I promise. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a link to it later. You'll have to. Yeah. You'll have to. Yeah, and no, I've been purple for three years. So, you know, people is like, I, people ask me all the time, like, how long have you been purple? When are you going to change it? And, you know, all this stuff. And I'm just like, my, my retort is, it's a lifestyle. And, and it was, it's natural. Yeah, right on. So how did you get started with uh, practicing yoga? What's funny is that um, I think like most people, what drives, what drove me to my yoga practice was this complete and utter listlessness with my life and with myself. And I had been extremely depressed and anxious like every other American. And I couldn't get any answers. And I was on a whole host of like antidepressants and Xanax and I still hated my life. Yeah. And... My doctor kept telling me, you've got to do yoga. You've got to, you, you got to do yoga. And, I, and I'm like, I'm an athlete. I run. I lift heavy things. I was a college athlete. I played soccer and lacrosse. Bitch, I don't sit on a floor and chant. <laughs> and like, that was like literally my reply. And I think like anything else, you've got to find it in your own time. And in my late 20s, um, I was living in Silver Lake at the time. And I, I just literally just looked up on like Yelp and like found a yoga studio down the block from my house and I showed up and it was the perfect thing at the perfect time in my life. I've since evolved from that kind of studio and obviously my practice has grown and evolved. But I mean, it was literally the ritualistic 
aspect of rolling out my mat and the collective moving of the class and the the instructor and the inhaling and the exhale that I say it was love at first inhale because mm. I walked in that room and my life was instantaneously transformed. Nice. That's beautiful. Thanks. I mean, it, it just, and, and, it, and just like the, the whole thing and, and like, listen, it's not like I, I condone medication because I definitely think that, you know, medication is very important to some people, but within a matter of months and it's been years, I mean, I was, I weaned myself off of the medication with my doctor's supervision and, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't encounter bumps and hurdles in my road where sometimes I'm, I'm feeling maybe more depressed than other times, but yeah. I truly believe that my yoga practice was able to heal me from the inside out and teach me how to, to love myself and to love the world and to, and my meditation practice to, to really go inward instead of looking for external validation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we live in a world where we put five-year-olds in a plastic seat for however many hours of their day and you know it's it's from the very beginning the training that we get you know and then it's only natural that we move from that to a cubicle i think it's kind of a a victorian hangover like from uh, mm -hmm. the industrial revolution people sitting in these chairs and factories and it I, I still do it. I sit at this computer editing podcast for way too long and then I'm like, <laughs> oh, my back, oh. doing uh, doing anti-yoga here. I, I hear you. I mean, we live in a society where like the couch and the bed have just like – And the car. The car, especially in it's LA. the worst, yeah. Live in your vehicle, you know. It's like – it's like our, our our hips have literally like there, there's no opening because all we're doing is lying all the time. Yeah. And no place to lay down on your back except for at home and at the yoga studio. Exactly. Which I think why it's so important to create that time because aside from lying down to, to go to sleep or to take a nap, like we don't ever have that opportunity for reflection and stillness. And, yeah. you know, I'm a, in addition to being a yoga instructor, I'm also a public school teacher and I teach high school. Nice. And I created a yoga meditation program at a school I had worked at previously. And people ask me very often, how do children, you know, receive meditation? And I'm like, let me tell you, they are blank slates. They yeah. love stillness. They love that opportunity during the chaos of their day to just breathe. And somebody asked me just the other day, have you ever had a kid fall asleep on you? I said, yeah. And you know what? Awesome. <laughs> that means they were fully and utterly relaxed. And it also means they were tired. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, oh, I've fallen asleep during yoga class. Those are the best ones. Oh, my God. This, you know, Shavasana sleep is my favorite. Yeah. Oh, or the, uh, oh, the yoga nidra. That's the yoga nidra. I, I took my husband to a yoga nidra class when we were in Bali a couple weeks ago. And it was a magical journey. Nice. Truly incredible. What's Bali like? Bali, Bali is a land that my heart, it, it, it's my heart. It, Bali is absolutely incredible. We were there for two weeks for our honeymoon. Um, the, the, the people are so kind and so warm. I truly feel very connected to Ubud in particular, which is like, the you know, we're, Liz Gilbert wrote Love and Eat, Pray, Love. That's where she lived. And um, it is such a fantastic place. It's earthy. It's raw. It's a third world country, so you don't have certain luxuries. The food is phenomenal. The best food that I've had 
like ever. It's a truly special place. And the thing is that that's kind of the only eh kind of thing is that the the yoga that you do while yoga, you know, Hinduism has a branch of yoga, the, the native Balinese like actually don't really practice yoga, especially in a studio. They can't afford it, first of all, even though yoga in Bali by our standards is dirt cheap at $10, $9 a class. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't practice yoga. So you go to Bali and you take classes from international yogis, a lot of Westerners, a lot of Americans, and it's very westernized vinyasa flow. I, I was at the yoga barn. I loved it. Fantastic place. But I easily could have been taking class in Los Angeles. Hmm. Does that make any sense? Yeah. It's just interesting. an interesting. Yeah. And the class, I, I mean, we took a bunch of classes. I enjoyed them all thoroughly. They're phenomenal instructors. But, you know, it, it's very westernized. And that's kind of like what's the shift in the, in the world is that, like, you know, the West is dictating the, the cadence of the yoga world. Hmm. Irony of ironies, right? The, what's the phrase that came up in uh, Harvard, the cultural appropriation? Well, I think like, especially when we talk about, you know, religions like Buddhism and Hinduism, these like very spiritual Eastern religions, you know, and people who adopt them, especially here in the West, it's, it's, I think it's important because we're, we're ultimately like seeking for something, you know, like all yogis, you know, what draws us to a practice is we're looking for something, right? And we don't necessarily know what it is we're looking for, but we're, we're making this commitment to seek, right? Yeah. So when somebody starts to kind of like, you know, when we adopt a yoga practice, more so than just the physical aspect, which, you know, many people start out with yoga just for the physical aspect or because my doctor said I needed it kind of thing. Right. And if you start to internalize the teachings, I think that there's nothing but good to be taken from that because these are religions of peace and, and nothing but I feel like utter good can come from people who live you know, a a lifestyle that is one of introspection and compassion and empathy. Yeah. That's just my take. I get it. You know, I mean, I'm not from LA. I'm not a native. I've been in LA. um, It'll be 12 years in August. And I, I consider myself an Angelino. I'm originally from New York. And when people Mm. like, you know, are like, Oh my God, you're so New York. I'm like, Oh, please don't insult me. (laughs) I am like proud to be an Angelino. I am proud to embody, you know, whatever stereotypical Angelino, you know, thing you want to lay on me, except I still am very East Coast. You know, I'm punctual. I'm polite. I'm, I do a job and I do it well. And I, when I walk down a street, I don't necessarily smile because that's just my face and it's resting bitch face. And that's, (laughs) you know, like I don't make any apologies. I don't make any excuses, but I am also a you know, a yoga instructor who's gluten-free and was a vegan and vegetarian for 15 years, like that woo-woo side. And here in LA, that's very embraced. Whereas in New York, people are like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you eat meat? I do eat meat now, but like. I've recently become vegan, actually. Oh, really? How's that working out? So far, so good. I um, I started, uh, well, I, a, a year earlier, I started out with being vegetarian, but I wasn't really being smart about it. So I went back to eating meat and then did research and started taking pills, you know, take, you know, taking my omegas and mm-hmm. everything, then switched over to plant-based and, you know, switched everything over to plant-based gradually. 
And uh, so far, it's been, what month is this? It's February, so it's been about five months, and I'm feeling good. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I, you know, I, whatever people are into, whatever works for them, whatever keeps them healthy, I'm a huge proponent of it. Um, my husband and I uh, both work in fitness, and, you know, nutrition's really important to us, and we, we read Dallas and Melissa Hartwig's uh, It Starts With Food. Which are the, they're the 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 whole thirty people, which is like usually the precursor to maybe adopting a paleo lifestyle. And paleo scares the shit out of people because they think CrossFit, but they don't understand that that it is a lifestyle and that the reading the book. I think even as being a vegan, I think it's important to read it. it it's a science book. I mean, they're doctors. These aren't just people mm-hmm. who are like, I feel like writing a book about nutrition, which anyone could write a book about whatever they want. But it was pivotal in really me incorporating meat back into my diet and I don't judge people and, and eat people eat what they want don't eat what they want knock yourself out just do you and be a good person right. but I mean it's just you a, a vegan diet in this you know is you know we know that plant-based nutrition is like so important to us it's just like the processed vegan foods that are out there terrified the shit out of me hmm. like you know, like veganese, like if you go by, or the veganese, whatever the like vegan mayonnaise, if you look at it, it's got like 70,000 ingredients in it, but it's <laughs> vegan. It's got like every derivative of plastic in it. You know? Yeah, I don't go for that one. But. I mean, but I'm just, you know, it's like, of course, there, you, there are so many beautiful facets of every sort of nutritional plane. And the paleo lifestyle, I'm, what I try to always tell people is that mo- paleo is non-dairy. So, it's closer to being a vegan than you would ever think. The only change is that we eat everything that a vegan eats except we eat protein from right. meat. That's it. That's the only change. So it's just kind of like a, a it's kind of a cool thing that yeah. there's more it seems like it would be two ends of the spectrum and it's really not. Yeah, for me it um I'm doing my best to be healthy within the confines of being vegan, but I'm not vegan because of some study I read that convinced me that I'd be better off being vegan. I'm vegan more as a personal choice, you know, as an interpretation of ahimsa, the yama. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, uh, nonviolence to clean up my karma. Um, Basically... I felt a little guilty every time I had a hamburger for 35 years and I figure why not do another 35 or, or more, you know, God willing, um, <laughs> uh, without that guilt, you know, and, uh, and so far so good, you know, and, and, uh, it's been good. Absolutely. I mean, I, when I came back from my yoga teacher training, I was already a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for 15 years. So when we went on our teacher training, we were we we were only fed vegan food. I was the mm-hmm. only vegetarian going into teacher training. So everybody was like freaking out for the eight days that we were there because they were like, "This is gross." I'm like, "This is freaking delicious." I'm having the time of my life. You know, like you are speaking my language. And we watched um, uh, Earthlings. That's narrated by Joaquin Phoenix. Have you ever seen Earthlings? It's I haven't. Oh gritty and compelling in a documentary and it's a dated documentary i would definitely say it was like a, a precursor to food ink for sure much grittier than food ink like nauseating terrifying it on an international scale examines the consumption of 
food and the mistreatment of animals. And it's the mistreatment of animals down to the the cows in India and how they're they're exported to be killed and how they're they go on these like death marches and how the animals are abused so that we can have leather. I mean it's Or even milk. Yeah, and that these are specific like leather cows that they're there's like a different type of cow that mm. they they're talking about in the documentary. But I mean they take a look internationally and in how like countries treat stray animals and how they'll put them in, in like um, trash compactors in the back of like a dump truck lot alive mm. and pick up the strays on the street and kill them that way. The, the video, I mean, the, the, the documentary shows you this. It, it was life changing. I came back and I was like a, a gluten free vegan, which made it impossible for me to eat almost anything. But you know, it, it served a purpose at a time in my life. And I'm grateful that I was able to have that insight when I did. Yeah. My teacher, basically, her position was that she wanted to know when she ate chicken that it was free range. She wanted to know that it wasn't, you know, genetically modified, beakless. You know, she, it was, you know, mm -hmm. anything KFC was off the menu. You know, just basically to have, you know, some limited. For a long time, I was pescatarian. And I think that, mm -hmm. I think that if I were thinking entire if i weren't being so strict at this point in my life and i don't know if i'm always going to be vegan but if if there's a time that i'm not vegan i'll go back to being pescatarian just uh incorporating fish basically bringing in salmon um but but that well, was that worked for me for a really long time you know and it's like you know i um i practice ashtanga yoga and, and i had posted something on my facebook yesterday about how you know my ashtanga yoga practice is like a a renewal to the point where every single day I, I practice or when I, I only get to go twice a week because of my schedule mm -hmm. and it is magnificent and I feel like every single time I show up to my mat that I'm having this like this rebirth and she had commented on Facebook and she had said that she's like oh god I you know I have a kid and my life and my job and I can't get to it and I miss it and I just simply wrote back and I said you'll find it again when the time is right and that applies to anything. My diet will change. Your diet may or may not change. And when it does, it's the right choice for you in that moment. Right. You know? So it's like, you know, I even said this to my husband recently. You know, I was like, I, you know, I just like I haven't really been eating much meat. And I was like, I think I want to go back to being a vegetarian just because my body's telling me right now, like, that just ain't my jam. I'm kind of good with just like some quinoa and like some salad. Like, that's just what it wants right now. And that's what I'm going to give it. Just that's what I'm gonna, and I'm not gonna attach to the outcome. Like, oh, paleo doesn't eat, you know, eat grains, and quinoa is a grain. Like, no, you know what? I'm detaching. I'm gonna eat whatever I want, and it feels good right now. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's good to take on a, a a harsh discipline, but other times it's good to loosen up. I'm a kind of a fan of Alan Watts. He was uh, talking about the important side. Well, he was he was talking about early. Chan, like the origin of Zen in the eighth uh, century, how it was much more lighthearted in the beginning, and there wasn't so much with the beating people and you know sitting all day. He was saying that uh, that you know it's not the uh, the 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 harsh discipline isn't the most important thing. It's the second most important thing. The most important thing is the childlike curiosity, the kind of making it up as you go along, that that staying in touch with that. You know, that, yeah, that when you lose that and if, if all that's left is just the, the harsh discipline, then it kind of, 
I don't know. It, it, it becomes something else. And so, well, I, I agree. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I think that, you know, it just, it also depends on interpretation, you know, given my, where I was at my life at certain times, you know, eating a restrictive lifestyle while it appeared to be restrictive to the other people didn't feel restrictive to me. It felt focused and it, I enjoyed it. I, my husband and I have since loosened up the reins substantially, but that's the beauty of being malleable is that we can choose to adapt however we choose. Yeah. You know, it's, I think structure and, and, and that kind of rigor holds a, a time and a place. And I, I mean, I live and die by, by time all like we all do. There's never enough of it and we want more of it. And, you know, sometimes you just got to let, let go. And sometimes you got to rein it in because structure I think is also important for focus, but I mean, that's just how I feel about structure. Some people will say it's, you know, the Antichrist. <laughs> to each his own. No judgment. Wow. If structure is the Antichrist, what's Christ? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, some people, you know, it's like you know, military schools work for some kids. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, a Montessori environment works for some kids. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it is what it is. We're all unique and... At different phases in our life, different things will focus, you know, what will serve us. So Bava's Fest. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. Yeah. You're teaching there as well, correct? I am. Super excited. Yeah. Amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. Me too. What are you going to be teaching? So I'm teaching something called Power Flow. Um, I I teach right now at a studio in Silver Lake called One Down Dog. Uh, mm-hmm. It's where I teach yoga. I also sub yoga at Equinox and teach uh, cycling for Equinox. And um, I love my beloved One Down Dog studio. I have been there for the last three years. We opened three years ago, and I was part of the the founding instructor group called you know the ODD Fam. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm teaching what I'm basically known for in, in the city is, is I've called it power flow and it's a fitness inspired cardio yoga flow. It fuses plyometrics along with dynamic fitness moves with flirty out of the box vinyasa flows designed to elevate your heart rate, but it's a, it, an inspiring, invigorating, empowering kind of class that we learn through the physical uh, overcoming these what we would consider physical kinds of borders and boundaries and barriers that we're so much stronger than we really think we are. Nice. I might you come think, to that class. You're over in on in, near Silver Lake Boulevard? I am. I teach on Sundays at 945 at the Silver Lake location, and I'm also there Thursday evenings, 515 and 630. Very cool. Yeah, I'm just right over here in Highland Park. Oh. The yeah. other Silver Lake. Well, then, <laughs> look at that. Yeah, you'll have to check it out. I mean, or check us out on social media, on Instagram. It's a magical, magical place. A, you know, One Down Dog was founded on being non-pretentious. And basically, you know, the tagline is yoga, fitness, fun. We're known for our music. And um, music, in, at least in my, my fitness class, I teach at the studio called Sweat. Sweat class is designed to be a workout, which is like what I mentioned before is that, you know, we take what we need. Some people prefer a yoga workout and that's okay. And some people prefer 
to chant and that's, that's okay. There's a whole world of yoga and some people will say that, you know, a, a cardio vinyasa flow with loud, loud music is not yoga. But who are we to stand and say what yoga is and what yoga isn't? Right. You know, yoga is all up to your interpretation. For Christ's sake, we lay on pillows and call it restorative yoga. People, but you're not moving, but it's yoga. Hell well, yeah, because it can be whatever you want. Yoga is unity. Exactly. It can be whatever you want it to be. Right. So I'm teaching. I've been, you know, my an offshoot, you know, my own my own brand, the Girl with Purple Hair, um, is this power flow, and it's energizing, and I'm super excited to to bring it to the festival and and share it with people so that we sweat together and you know we indulge and celebrate our bodies and celebrate our breath and just have a grand old time and smile and get our yoga on. Nice. Have you been up to Kern River? I know I have not. I mean it's I'm super pumped. I had my uh my senior trip in high school we went up there and we were what, there is it for beautiful is it the most beautiful place? It's great. It's a lot of fun. There's whitewater rapids. There's like all these different options for like how dangerous of a river raft you know ride you want to try out yeah uh, there's hikes there's climbing there's you know um campfire you know like uh fire pits so there's like late nights around the campfire and all that kind of thing what day are you teaching um i haven't checked the updated schedule the last time i had checked i you know it was not updated it looked like it was thursday but I was told that I may be, te or I was teaching Thursday and Friday. I haven't checked the updated schedule yet. I mean, I plan to be there for the weekend, mm -hmm. so um, nice. we'll see. But I have to double-check the updated schedule. There's been a lot of info coming in and yeah. still trying to wrap my head around, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to camp because that's what I want to do. So. Nice. Yeah, I think I want to go go all the way, too, and not – I mean, there are uh, the rooms available, I guess, but uh... – for the people who prefer that, prefer air conditioning and a room is nice, is nice, but the opportunity to camp and really connect to nature, I'm like, yeah, why not? Uh, you know, and we're, I just figured, why not? Plus, I mean, from a financial standpoint, I don't really want to spend the money on a hotel <laughs> room. <laughs> you know, if they were like, yeah, we'll comp your rooms, like hell yeah, but like no. Nice. So just so people know what we're talking about, um, it's Bava's Fest, right? Uh, B-H-A-V-A-S-F-E-S-T dot com. And it's a yoga festival happening up north, Kern County. Uh, that's March 20, or wait, March 31st, March 31st yeah. until April 3rd. And so people who are tuning in because of you, because they wanted to hear their teacher on a podcast – for those people, what's your promo code? My my promo code is you ready for this? It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a kicker. It's purple hair. All right, just all spelled out, no spaces. Purple hair, just together, all caps. At least they sent it to me, all caps. So uh, I'm gonna assume it's all caps. Cool. And for those of you who tuned in because it's my podcast or because you're tuning into the To Be A Yogi podcast, uh, feel free to use my promo code. It's 2, the number 2, the letter B, Yogi. 2 B Yogi. That's cute. So, yeah, we should make sure that we're not teaching at the same time so that we can go to each other's classes. For sure. I mean, I would definitely love to, to, to meet you in person beforehand. Um, yeah, totally. So we my should definitely connect. Mine's going to be more toward the spectrum of the chanting. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I I have a very traditional personal practice and I have a, you know, a self meditation practice and and those kinds of things. How I, how I teach and how I practice are two totally different universes. Right. And and I do teach a a variety of, of yoga classes. So I always tell people like, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. You never know. We're, we're, there's lots of layers to us. It's true. Yeah, I teach at Crunch Fitness, so the same thing. I, you know, I teach much more of a power flow kind of thing. They call it power yoga. Definitely check out my class. You know, I definitely think that you know you can go ahead and go ahead and snag some stuff for your power yoga. Oh yeah, totally. I'd love to. Mm-hmm. But then I, uh, you know, when people come over here, sometimes we get more into that. Like I have my dad's old Tibetan bells. We He raised me doing a chakra opening every morning. So I'm kind of grounded in that. Um, so I oh, like that's to. That's amazing. That's yeah, beautiful. yeah. That's what I'm going to be teaching. Uh, and I, I love that there's going to be a river there. One of my teachers uh, taught me Zazen, and he, was al- he would always make reference to, if you can hear the river, then you're there. And I'd say, what river? And he'd say, oh, well, my teacher always said there was a river. Because his, <laughs> his teacher was Suzuki, who was also Alan Watts's Zazen teacher up in San Francisco. But his teacher, would there was a river <laughs> back in Japan. <laughs> so, it's, so it's nice that I could actually make reference to a river that's, that's there for a change. So. Oh, wow. Well, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely we should make sure to connect. I have to check out the updated schedule and I will for sure make a point if we do not connect before the festival to um, seek you out. Absolutely. And congratulations. You, you were just very recently married then. Actually, we were married in June. Oh, okay. We paid for our own weddings. So we had then paid for our honeymoon. So we needed time to save for In the between. honeymoon. Right. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. My, my wife and I had a five-year delay between our, our – we had a, a you know uh, an inexpensive honeymoon where we did a road trip up to Oregon and back. Mm-hmm. But then five years later, we went to Japan for three weeks. <laughs> that was oh. the real honeymoon. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's, we were in Japan very – were we in Japan? I highly recommend it. It was um, in April uh, for three weeks, Kyoto and Tokyo and Osaka and Mount Koyasan and Jigokudani and Kamakura. Highly recommend it when, if, whenever you can. I, I am planning to get back to Asia much sooner than later. We Indonesia, we also did Singapore. Uh, absolutely incredible. There is something so special about that part of the world. And really, I'm looking into getting to Thailand and Malaysia. I'm hoping to lead a yoga retreat in Asia eventually. Nice. My husband and I will be leading a retreat in June in Mexico, a like, you know, fitness yoga kind of awesome uh, workshop and retreat. So cool. to be able to get over to maybe Thailand eventually. That sounds great. Yeah, I'm hoping my next stop is uh, India and Nepal. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yes. That's one I'm probably going to go on solo and, uh, you know, really just do some hiking and some exploring and some seeking and, you know. I wanted to go to India originally for our honeymoon and my husband vetoed that because he's <laughs> go on this journey and just leave me in the dust. <laughs> My husband's very recently started to find a yoga practice and it's been absolutely beautiful to be part of sharing that with someone as they start to discover a practice and like I like to hold his hand in Shavasana at the end of a class is like my absolute favorite part of my life. Oh, how sweet. 
Mm-hmm. It's really an awesome, awesome thing. That's great. I'm going to be bringing him with us, uh, with me to the festival. So he's going to be yoga out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I guess there's also going to be some fire dancing and uh, a few other things, too. I feel like it's going to be pretty Burning Man-esque, which I, I've never been to Burning Man, but... Uh, Burning, Burning Man, but with a river instead of just, you know, a dust storm. Ugh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not quite Burning Man, but a bunch of yogis sitting around a campfire can't be, can't be bad. No, I think it's just going to be delightful. I, have, I think I even know a few of the vendors that are coming in, so the few people that I've connected with. Um, so, and then I've even people that saw that I was teaching hit me up that are going to be there. So it's super exciting. Cool. I do write a blog and have a website. It's, um, the girl with purple hair.com. And, um, if people can go ahead and check that out, subscribe to my blog and, you know, you can see where I'm teaching and the workshops and retreats that I'm leading around the city and, you know, in Mexico in June, and I'll have more, more things up there shortly, but I would love to, uh, share my life and all sorts of positive things with people if they check me out at thegirlwithpurplehair.com. Sounds good. Well, it was very nice to meet you. It was so nice to meet you as well. And thank you for coming on the podcast tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. So I'll probably have this up in the next few days, and I'll send you a link. I'll probably tag you. Are, are, I don't know if we're Facebook friends yet, uh, but I'll, I'll find you and tag you. And Yeah, totally. I have two Facebook pages. I have my um, – my, because I, I, I tout myself as a lifestylist because I do yoga, fitness, nutrition, uh, life coaching, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm a lifestylist. And okay. uh, you can find me, you know, Ariel Miller Cohen. Obviously, you'll know it's me. I mean, it's the girl with purple hair. It's very obvious. Very right. easy. So you can find my my work one and my my public Ariel Miller Cohen one. Okay, I've just sent you a friend request. Awesome, <laughs> fantastic. Well, I'm very excited. I'm going to look forward to it. Sounds good. And uh, so I'll probably see you before then, and if not, then I'll see you up at Bava's Fest. Awesome. Sounds good. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you, Ariel, for being on the To Be a Yogi podcast. Look forward to seeing you up north. Special thanks to Brian Dahl and Loretta's Dahl for the music you're hearing right now. And to Gogo Bordello for their hit, Start Wearing Purple. Next Monday morning, I will be interviewing Christelle Regner. She will also be presenting up at Baba's Fest. Until then, may you all be happy. May you be healthy and strong, and may you live with you. Namaste. Star, the way to the